1: And here we go, kicking off hour number two of the show. We got my man, Fanny behind the wheels of steel. We got my man, DeMond Cotton. And we've got our guy, Ari Mayrod from the33team.com. He's on the phone lines joining us now. And Ari, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. I had to get you on to talk about this fair catch rule kickoffs. Now it could be taken to the 25 if you fair catch it at the 2. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't think that the teams and the players are but the owners are okay. And they approved of it yesterday in Minneapolis. What do you think of this rule and what direction is the NFL going now?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is, um, it's a fascinating thing because leading up to the owners meetings in Minneapolis, there was basically a, a bunch of special teams coordinators and special teams players around the NFL who kind of came together and unanimously, unanimously agreed this should not happen. And they, told their owners about it, and they basically, some of them even said, if anything, this can make the game even less safer because some of us are going to, you know, kick the ball shorter or whatever. And it got to a point where going into Monday, they did not have the votes for all of this. And the person who was really behind all of it was Roger Goodell, and he met up with a bunch of these owners and convinced them to flip their vote. And on Tuesday, they had exactly 24 votes, which were necessary, to get to pass the finish line. And according to the NFL, Jeff Miller, who is one of the main people when it comes to health and safety, their data shows that there are, there's been more returns going on and there have been more concussions going on on that play in particular. So the goal is to try to limit the amount of returns on kickoffs. Now, they believe this is one way to do that. But for me, like I look at this and I don't know what the impact will be I don't know how special teams coordinators are going to react to it. Are they just going to kick it deep, or are they going to change their plans? But the way I looked at it right away is, like, the days of, you know, Devin Hester and Cordell Patterson, like, those days are basically over. And we had, you know, Dean Blandino on the thirty thirteen, basically talk about this, of course, a great rules analyst, and he was like, this is just another step towards the NFL just eliminating the kickoff altogether because they view – that play as a very dangerous play, a play that brings concussions. I don't know if litigation was on the NFL's mind, but we know they've been taken to Congress in the past when it comes to the whole concussion problem that they've had um, in previous years, decades ago. So I don't know if that's part of the thinking here, but the data shows that this is a concern for them. And because of that, they had to make a change, and Roger Goodell pushed for it. And he got the necessary votes on Tuesday to make it pass.
1: Ari Mayrov is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Talking about the kickoff rule right now, and I I love the return. I think, like you mentioned, Devin Hester and and the great returners back in the day. I mean, that's a fantastic play, but I also look at the kickers and think that they're so skilled, and they were able to plant the ball pretty much around the one- or two-yard line and force you to return it. That's taking a weapon away from the kickoff team now. Now they can't even do that because now you can just call for a fair catch. I feel like that's hurting that side of the ball as well.
2: That's exactly right. I mean, that's, you remember, they, they initially changed the kickoff from kicking. Um, they made it a, a, a shorter kick for on the kickoff, so they were hoping for touchbacks. And the uh, special teams coordinators and kickers were like, you know, we're not going to do that if anything. We're going to kick it just short, short of the, um, the end zone and force these guys to return it. So I think the NFL is trying to find a way where these guys are not going to return the ball, and they think this is the next thing where you guys don't have a choice anymore. You guys are not going to. Are they going to do squib kicks now? Like, that's the next thing I'm mm-hmm. thinking about. Right? Are, are special teams coordinators going to try to find a way where they're still going to force these guys to return it? Are they going to purposely do a, a, a pooch kick where, you know, these guys are going to have to return it and they'll be able to potentially force a fumble? So I'm trying to figure out exactly if there's going to be an adjustment made by these coordinators and with these kickers who have figured out a way. Um, you know, if they could figure out a way to still have these guys returning the ball. So that's kind of the thing that I'll be keeping an eye Mm -hmm. for, but the NFL is trying their best to eliminate the kickoff in any way possible while still having the kickoff per se out there. So if this thing ends up happening where we're not going to have that many returns this year, I think next year at this time there's going to be a chance they're going to eliminate the entire thing and tell you, hey, it's just a waste of play. We'll save five minutes from the game and move on. You know what I mean?
1: Wow, that would be something if they do do that. I know one thing. I'm going to ask head coach Josh McDaniels uh, what he thinks about that, about the kickoff rule now. Because you remember last year, the Raiders actually had the guy holding it. Remember they had someone holding it, and they kicked it up extra high? And he said, hey, we found a loophole. The NFL said it's okay. And then, like, what, three weeks later, the NFL's like, yeah, that's not okay. Stop doing that. So, uh, yeah, I think that Ari's onto something when he said maybe they're going to be a pooch kick. Maybe it'll be a squib kick. Somebody's got to do something, but we'll definitely have to ask that question tomorrow when we're out there uh, at OTAs. Again, Ari Mayroff from the33team.com is our guest here on Radio 920. Go ahead, Damon.
0: Yeah, our last guest, Sean Reed, he brought up an interesting point that maybe in 10 or 15 years, this rule will affect roster construction because you won't need those 20 guys that specialize in special teams. Do you think that the NFL is moving to that where you don't need that linebacker that's only good for special teams? Now that's going to be a roster spot for that backup corner or that extra edge rusher.
2: No, that that is a great point, and I think that's one of the things that front office people are also thinking about because there are teams in the NFL, and I think of one right away, like the Patriots, who prioritize special teamers. I mean, just this off season, they signed several players who are primarily special teamers. There was, I believe, C.J. Board is his name or Chris Board is his name, and they gave him like five million dollars because he's a really good special teamer. So there's a part of it where if it's getting to a point where the kickoffs are not that important the way they used to be, our team's going to look around and say, you know what, we'll have an extra receiver on the roster who's primarily a receiver. So, or a running back who is primarily a running back, we'll have another one. So that is definitely a part of it. You know, whenever the NFL makes a rule change, and you kind of mentioned it just now too, like, there's loopholes out there. And whenever the NFL does anything, it's like the Bill Belichick effect. What is Bill Belichick thinking of getting around it? You know what I mean? So it makes me think, like, is there going to be something because of this rule chain where whether it's roster construction or how they handle kickoffs where they try to get around the point the, point the NFL is trying to make? So that's definitely something that people should be keeping an eye for. I'm sure personnel members and front office people right now are looking at it and looking at future roster construction and telling themselves, Some of these players that we have on our roster were primarily because of kickoffs. And now that play isn't as important because of this this change. So Will that affect things come 2024, 2025, and the way we construct our roster in the future?
0: All right, let's get a little wacky here. How soon are we going (laughs) to see that 4th and 20 instead of the punt? Because that's something where the NFL, it seems like you're trying to get rid of special teams, but they're still keeping the punt. But we know a couple of teams have proposed that rule, making more of the XFL. We'll just go for it on 4th and twenty. Why haven't we seen that get adopted into the
2: NFL He loves yet? the XFL, by the way. Uh, first of all, I also like the XFL. <laughs> My it's man! Awesome. I'm, I'm a big XFL guy. <laughs> I, I love the direction they're going in. But um, I think that the proposal is not for the punt. It's for the onside kick. Um, and that's been a proposal that's been on the table, like, nearly every year for the past five or six years at these owners' meetings where they bring it up, they talk about it, and they table it the next year. It feels like it's a It's the same thing every single year. And, I mean, it it, it works in the XFL. It makes the game more exciting. It it, it makes these teams still be in it, it, even though you think they're not. But there are some concerns about it. Let's just say, um, you know, how many times could you do it? Uh, What quarter can you do it? What the distance should be? Like, there are a lot of different questions in the NFL. There are a lot of these owners who are, I guess, the word is um, traditionalist, where we don't want to change the game too much. And this would be a drastic change to something that they don't feel like is necessary right now. Do I like the idea? I've liked it. Um, I know a lot of people have wondered, is four and 15 enough? Should it be 4th and 20? Should it be 4th and 25? There are a lot of different questions about that. But it's something that keeps on being brought up. There was a point two years ago where it felt like it was gaining momentum. And at some point, they felt like maybe it could get to 24 votes that are necessary. But for whatever reason, they never got there and then again this year they just tabled it and we'll be back at it again next year. I don't think it's like it's ever gotten to a point where we really really felt like it might happen like there was, there was that one point where where they had maybe like 16, 17 people or whatever it was I know Albert Brew reported the number, but for whatever reason they're not they're, they haven't been able to get to 24 so I'm not sure if it's ever going to happen, but it's still on the table to, for next year. I'll just throw that way.
0: And then when it comes to all of this is being named being all of these new rules when it comes to basically eliminating the kickoff in the name of player safety, Andy Reid made a point today where hey, we're moving to the point where you don't want it to be flag football after a while, but when do you think the NFL will stop and say, hey, if football still needs to be tackle football and they can't just keep changing rules in the name of safety? I mean, it's a violent game to begin with.
2: No, that, that's a great question. And it goes back to the point that I made earlier. Like, there is – there again, we don't know this if it's for sure the truth, but there are people who believe the NFL has litigation in mind, which is essentially whenever they've been taken to um, Congress with all the issues with the NFL, whether it was concussion, that's why they were so – They were so serious about changing the helmet and doing all these different things and changing the rules. Like that that was really the NFL's reasoning behind it because there was a time when Roger Goodell was testifying, DeMar Smith was testifying and the NFL is like, they've been very serious about the concussion and the race to see, to make sure it doesn't get to a point where Congress is once again getting involved and we're back in that situation where we're testifying. So that's really what some people think is part of it. But I'm not sure if that, if that is it, but I think that's the reason why the NFL is doing all of this, and that's why they have all these people behind the scenes, led by Jeff Miller, who are essentially the people behind all of it, to making sure it doesn't get to a point where we're going to be in trouble once again. So um, I think that's part of it, but again, I don't think the NFL is ever going to admit it, but what Andy Wheat said today, I get where he's coming from, but the NFL is looking at it from a bigger picture um, vantage point.
1: All right, we'll get you out on this. As far as the punt, Damon brought it up. Is there any chance that anytime soon the punt is uh, is modified, the kicking rule when it comes to punting and receiving those punts? Do you think that that changes anytime soon?
2: Um, I honestly have no idea. I mean, I don't think it's been brought up. I, did I miss something over here, kid Did I miss something when it comes to that? I don't think the NFL has brought up the punt yet. Um, it's, it's, again, it's all going to go back to the data. That's what the NFL right. is going to tell us. If their data shows that, um, there are concussions on punts, then they're going to look at it and do something about it. I mean, that's the one thing Roger Goodell was kind of asked about it yesterday. And it was like, our data shows that this is a play that is causing concern and we have to do something. And I'm sure that's probably what he told a bunch of these owners who originally had voted no on Monday and eventually flipped to yes on Tuesday and got it past the finish line. So if the punt is an issue and their numbers back it up and say it's an issue, then um, I wouldn't be surprised if they have that discussion eventually, but I I haven't seen anything on that. It tells me it's
1: going to come anytime soon. No, I, I haven't either. I had a couple people hit me up and ask me, you know, what are your thoughts because the Raiders have a really good punter. Also, and A.J. Cole is like, well, how is that going to affect him? Is that going? To, is something coming down the line when it comes to the punt? And I said, I don't think so, but I'll ask people that are a lot smarter than me, and that's why I turned to you, Ari. So that's why I asked the question. Before we go, devon has got one more for you.
0: All right, the XFL showcases that are coming up. We can talk offline about this, but I know that you're going to be tuned in the same way I am. We're locked in on the XFL, me and Ari May-Roth. I ain't
2: mad at you. <laughs> Uh, Listen, I'm I'm just going to say this. I've enjoyed seeing what they've done ever since they really came back, whether it was the games, the rules changes, the fact that they've really, um, you know, they've become like a bit of a minor league for the NFL and they've attached themselves to the NFL. That's what I like about it the most is, like, the the draft that they're going to do is, like, all you NFL players who weren't drafted, come join us and we'll give you a chance to eventually – Fulfill your dream to be in the NFL because the NFL people are going to be watching you, just like you see all these players who played for us are now being signed after tryouts at minicamps. So I like the fact that they're attaching themselves to the NFL because they know they're never going to, you know, inch any uh, inch closer to becoming what the NFL is. But attaching yourself to the NFL the way they have, bringing all these events, and eventually seeing success where a lot of these players are getting tryouts and some of them are getting signed to NFL rosters right now, it's pretty cool. The NFL kind of needs this. It's good to have. A bit of a, a, a farm system, per se, with uh, with these eight teams and, um, and all that is
1: going on. I'll say this. I enjoyed watching the XFL. I just wish the team that was here local and the Vegas Vipers were a little bit better. <laughs> That's all. I just wish they were one of the really good teams that had the huge fan base that was out there uh, each and every week, like, uh, what, St. Louis and D.C. and some other ones. Uh, they really had a hell of a fan base, and so I think that they'll do some good things. But fantastic stuff. Ari, what are you working on? 33 team.com that we should be on the lookout for.
2: Well, I actually just posted um, an article right now up on the site today of taking a look at every NFL team's um, most intriguing contract situation mm. right now. So, of course, you could look at you know, the 49ers and Nick Bosa, the Bengals and Joe Burrow, the, um, um, the Chargers and Justin Herbert, the Raiders and Josh Jacobs. So take a look at all 32 teams with an explanation as to why there are some players on there you probably weren't expecting to see but they're on there for good reasons. Check that out. It's actually my pin tweet right now on Twitter. So um, some good stuff there.
3: All right,
1: we're going to go check it out right now. Want to read about some Josh Jacobs and his $10 million franchise tag that he's holding right now. All right, fantastic stuff. Thanks so much as always, brother. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yes, sir. There you go. It's Ari Mayroth, 33team.com, at my sports Update on Twitter. Good stuff. And I did actually had a couple notes written about that piece that's out there about the contracts and wanted to ask about Josh Jacobs, but I knew we were getting a little bit late, so I'll hold off till later. Coming up next, Van McElroy, former Raider safety, will join the show. It's been a year since the tragedy in Evaldi. That's his hometown. That's where he's at right now. We'll talk to him next to get the reaction from the community. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
1: On Raider Nation Radio. 3.20 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, Mont Cotton, your boy Q. And join us now on the phone lines is good friend of the show, former Raider safety, that's Van McElroy. And, Van, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you. And uh, usually I like to have you on the show. We're talking about a lot of fun stuff. We're talking about, you know, maybe the Hall of Fame, talking about training camp. But, Have to reflect back. It's been a year since the tragedy in your hometown right there, Uvalde, Texas, uh, at at Rob Elementary. And so I just wanted to check in. I don't think that we should ever forget and stop talking about things because, well, that's why things continue to happen is when we stop, you know, thinking about things and talking about things and ignoring stuff. So I wanted to look back and reflect. It's been a year. How is the community healing? How is everything going on today there in Uvalde? Well, what
3: I can say uh, on the positive, positive side is the uh by the way good to talk to you guys uh as i as i get into this thing and and it's been a long time and so hope you guys are well but but as i can uh just going to kind of take a a back seat here look at some of the things that what i do know is is the the raiders came in wrote a million dollar check and that check has been used spent and all the fencing is up uh, all the cameras the doors all of those things that were committed to be done to make these schools and, and when I say safe, that, that's you know someone can fly a plane over and you know parachute or mm-hmm. get something and cut a hole in the metal fence. I mean, there's we can we can go all over the place with this thing. Bottom line is it's they are very safe. Now that has been done. A lot of times those things are committed to, and you go and you look, and nothing's been done. This has been done, and it's been done for a while. So that part is is it, you know, that standing and That's awesome. the, the other part is just under, you know, trying to understand uh, and feel for the families that are still going through this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's never going to end for them. It's it's something they they see every day because they don't see their child every day or, or a grandchild. And so that part of it is, is still ongoing and, and it will continue to be that way. Uh, the community, I think, I think it's come together. I think uh, there are parts of it that always come in and uh, the political side of it uh, that, that maybe are trying to take advantage of a situation that may be going on a little bit today and, and what have you. And, and that's a very difficult part of it. And, um, you know, it's I, I guess sometimes it's necessary. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. Right. We do necessarily hear, but, but that part of it certainly is here. Uh, the, the legal side of it. Uh, is, is, is a part that's very difficult and complicated and, and certainly that part, uh, has taken its place and, and, and they're working through that part of it. Uh, but, but what I can say about going forward with the children, uh, they're in a safe place now. So that part
1: is good. That is fantastic. It really is. It's good to know because, like you said, a lot of times money is committed to a certain project, and you never really see that project go all the way through. So to know that at least steps are being made to keep our children safe in the community, safe as possible, that is really good. And, And, Van, and again, we're talking with Van McElroy, former Raider Safety here on Raider Nation Radio 920. How important is it for the community, though, to stay together? Like you said, Families will never get their kids back. They're always going to have that void, right? We all have faced some kind of tragedy and realized that that goes on, but how important is it for that community to stay together and, and hug on each other and love on each other so they can continue to try to heal?
3: That is the only part of this that will get, I, in my, you know, thought process, it's the only part that can get any community through is, is the community staying close and coming together and, and making sure that, that we're looking out uh, for one another, uh, that part is, uh, is terribly important, and it is powerful. And trying to keep uh, those from the outside coming in to create problems, uh, that also, it's a very important part of it. And, and I think we've done a fairly good job of, of keeping that where it needs to be. Uh, and I think the the other side of this community, just understand that there's, it's complicated. Right. And, you know, I do think that, you know, the legal side that, that is there and needs to be there and, and, and what have you, uh, that's an ongoing process. But as far as community coming together and I think uh, working together to build a safer community, I do think that has been a big part of it. Like I said before, you know, that when, when Mark Davis came in here and, and, and wrote the check and did it quickly, I mean, what was interesting about it is that it really forced the hand of a lot of people in, in the state of Texas. You know, the, mm-hmm. you, the end of the, all of a sudden you had the, the Cowboys, the Oilers, you know, you had uh, 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 HEB and, and just different ones uh, coming in to, to, you know, we're in Texas. We actually make a living here in that community and people watch us, you know, locally. So they ended up coming in and, and putting in some money too. So I that that initial check that Mark Davis wrote and the Raiders uh, uh, put in this community not only was the money, and I know this because I went <laughs> and I visited uh, the school several times to make sure that our superintendent, who's a good friend of mine, uh, was spending the money in the right way. And and he's a good man, and I I knew he would. But and I took a bunch of pictures, I sent them to, to Mark and let him see the fencing and, and the cameras and the doors and what have you to make sure. Everyone knew that the money had been spent well and right. So that part of it really did did more than simply make the school safe. It forced the hand of a lot of people. So that was really it to me, just a great achievement for the organization.
1: There's no doubt. That's that's well done, and that's, that is awesome. And uh, to see an organization like the Raiders that are outside of Texas, you know, kind of lead the lead the way in, in helping out uh, Uvalde, and then all of a sudden, like you said, it, it was like a domino effect. It forced the hand of others to go and help as well. And anything that can help uh, keep our kids safe, and I don't care where you live, that is a win, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So I'll take that. I like that. That's, that's great news right there. Again, Van McElroy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio. 920. Go ahead, Damon.
0: Yeah, 2020, they had a piece, and they were talking to some of the mothers around Uvalde who said that they like the murals that are up dedicated to their children. Can you tell us about maybe some of the murals and other pieces of art that are out there in remembrance of these children?
3: There there are several places where these murals are and and different pictures. Uh, Some of them are on the sides of buildings. Uh, Some of them are uh, at the, the actual school. And the ones on the, the buildings are big and bright and certainly are there for everybody to see and not forget. And, and again, when those pictures uh, of those little uh, precious kids uh, are around, it is a reminder of what can happen. And, you know, and, and not only simply not forgetting uh, those children and those families, uh, but, again, like I said, it, 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 it reminds us of, you know of what took place and what can happen if we're not careful and watching out. And so, I think there's a lot of things that go into that. But but those uh, they're, they're within the community, the downtown area. As uh, you drive by, you'll see them up on the walls of some of the uh, the buildings. And as you go around the school, you will see uh, little uh, statues. Maybe a poor term, but but sort of a, a small mural there that that really uh has the name a picture and what have you uh that that lets people know uh that that child you know is one of the the ones that was lost and so those things i think have done they've done a good job i think in in trying to make it uh make it about the whole community and putting it in places that people will see
0: and then for the city as well is there any special event that's going to take place where maybe a a one-year remembrance for these children
3: they they are having that this evening uh, in the uh, park, sort of a park area in the, uh, downtown there by the city hall, and I'm I'm hopeful that it will go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little concerned, uh, and you know they 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 have put out a lot of warnings. Uh, the police are, you know, have brought in other vehicles and other policemen from other areas. Uh, just to to make sure that those that are coming in from outside which they're coming uh, do not turn this into something that it's not meant to be that's my concern right uh, yeah and, and so I'm hoping that that something and we've had several uh they, they've had several of the local stations uh, mainly uh, in San antonio that's where the states are out of uh, they've come down and, and, and done stories of, of each of the families and done a Great job of that, by the way. I think, uh, and and really going and telling their story of uh, over the past year. You know the the missing, you know that missing child that was in that family and what that family had gone through and dealt with, and and just every day. And and as a parent, uh, all you have to do is just just watch that and envision the idea of you know you having a, a beautiful child for for several years, and all of a sudden. Uh, they're gone in a tragic way, and every day you're reminded of that because they're not there. And and I think that's a powerful statement. But I think what they did on those uh, those programs, I think, was a real tribute to these families. At least allowing people to get into their lives and see what was going on, see how difficult it was. And and this thing tonight, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping it's not something that will be. Uh, be something that, that just turns into something political.
1: Right, exactly. You want it to be what it's about to be, you know, what it's supposed to be. It's about yes. it's about the kids, and that's where it needs to be. And, of course, there's always others that have their own agenda. So hopefully, like you said, Van, that does not happen. Again, we're talking with Van McElroy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking about one year later there in Uvalde, Texas, of course, the tragedy that happened. And, you know, I like to talk about these kind of things, not because I like to talk about them, but, Van, I always feel like we – we become numb to these situations and we think, oh, yeah, okay, just, all right, whatever, and then on to the next thing. I think it's responsibly, it's responsible for all of us if we don't become numb, and so that's why we should continue to talk about it so we are aware and so we can help try to prevent this from happening anywhere else. That's why I think it's important not to become numb, and it seems like too often we we are becoming numb to these type of situations.
3: Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that uh, it certainly is proper to not only, uh, at moments, just take time to to recognize the families, but also uh, take that time to make the point uh, of what can happen in any community, because you've got to be, guys, listen, you've got to be different than any community out there, large or small, it's just not, and, and we all have, their situations and, and individuals that are struggling in life, and as this person was, as they found out, and and they they're mentally not not where they need to be, and 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 then something's available to them. They they're able to do something, and and you know, and that it, it's just difficult because there there are many ways for people to get a hold of uh, different elements of you know of destruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just simply going to a store. I mean, it's probably easier that the tougher the laws get, the, the easier it is to get it. Uh, you know, through, through the back market there and say, just, it just, it's just just complicated. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, but, but at the same time we need to be reminded, you know, not again, uh, be reminded about who it is that we did loss, but but why it is that we lost them and and to make sure that other communities, you know, are viewing and watching and, and realizing that it could happen to them tomorrow. And like you said, if we don't, We have to, you know, talk about it every once in a while because we do. We just get busy in life, man. Everybody's Mm -hmm. going, doing their thing. Everybody has got their life and, you know, we're just moving along. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get a call and the school is locked up. and And in this case, it's your school and your child. Right. And we just got busy again and we didn't take care of business. So, you know, the call was certainly to try and say, hey, guys, here's the deal. This is what happened. It's a horrible thing. We're going to revisit that, you know, each and every year and and those families will be remembered. But let's also have a very good discussion about what we can do to keep schools safer and try to take action, not just talk about it. And so I think the schools here, all the schools have have done that. The fencing is up and all those things. Um, But I think all the schools, if if they don't have it, they really need to take a a real, you know, think about this and, and, take a long look at it and, and think about doing it because that's that to me that type of action will keep i mean at least you know if the guy's got to get a some sort of a you know, thing to burn a hole in the fence i mean some the, the security out there is going to see something right you know and mm-hmm. they got to get through stuff they, they the doors are you cannot shoot any you know there's no unless you have a bazooka you know? right and maybe someone will get one i don't know but but you can't, you know, just a normal rifle, you cannot shoot through these doors. You know, it's very difficult. And and so all those those measures have been placed there. So at the very least, it will take time for someone to try to get through one part, second part. By that time, someone sees, someone's notified, and we're able to come together and, and, and keep everyone safe. That, that's the whole point of it, and that's what's been done. So I'm hoping that other places that look at this uh, certainly uh, look down and and. and Certainly pray and think about those beautiful children that were lost, but also uh, think about what they can do for their community to help make the school safer and, and do it.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. And again, I tip my cap to you know you and, and everyone who got involved, the Raiders, and you know every uh, outside entity that got involved to help make this come together. Because like you said, it's not foolproof; like it's not a hundred percent guaranteed. But I'll tell you what, it's a whole hell of a lot better than it was, right? There's a, there's a
3: absolutely.
1: Yes, exactly. So yeah, I left I, Like I, I said, and I
3: think I, I think I said the Oilers. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Oilers,
1: Texans, I mean, you know, Titans, well, it's man. all the same. Oh, boy. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Right. So good, man. No doubt. No doubt. Van-, Van McElroy is our guest here on Radio 920. damon has got one more for you.
0: Yeah, I did want to ask you about a little football. One of the last times we had you on, you were talking about helping out coaching your grandson's football team. Are you still helping out on the youth level? Oh,
3: dude, I'm in, man. I'm in. <laughs> You know, you know, the good thing about being a grander, you know, I'm a Pops, that's my, my name. There you pops go. And, you know, granddad, I, I can, I am able to furnish anybody who needs shoes, call Pops. Anybody who needs bat, call Pops. You need balls, price Call Pops, man. I'm in. You know, we do it all, and, and Gail and I, we enjoy it, and uh, they just got through with baseball, and actually won the championship game in baseball. Nice. And Little Williams, shorts shortstop, and had some nice hits, and and so uh, just all those kids together and doing all those things together. And, and the football season was a great season and had a lot of fun with that. And we'll do it, if, you know, he'll, he'll be back in it. He's got some talent guys on I mean, it. Mark, if, if Mark and I are still alive at that time, <clears throat> he may have to, you know, he just may have to draft the kid. Make he
1: the call, make to, the call. <laughs> hey, look, that's all good. We'll, we'll, we'll put the call in for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, you know, and, and and we'll wrap up on this, but you know, we we talked about what happened, but how much does sports, you know, it all comes back to sports. How much does sports help the community come together as well?
3: You're exactly right, and and what it can do, is, and and in this case, uh, you know, we had uh, football season, we 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 just got through with baseball, but and it was, and it, this particular side of it was was uh, eight years and under, six, seven, and eight years old. And so you actually still coach pitch. Next year it will change for those guys when they turn nine. But all the families were out there together. You know, all mm-hmm. the kids were out there together. Sure enough, uh, they were, you know, they're battling against each other different teams. But afterwards, they all gave each other hugs, shook their hand. and And they were, you know, coming together, you know, by playing sports. And the same thing that happened with football. The football side of it, and there's a lot of kids that are involved in it, you know, and, and parents that are involved with it, and and I think it's it is a way, as you just said, it's a way where everybody gets back together again and gets involved, and I think, you know, at least on the backside, you know, just thinking through this, uh, it it certainly makes you appreciate just getting together again. Yeah, you want to win, you know, you want your kid to do great, but. But at the end of it, you know, all of you are healthy and you're out there to get get out there together and have fun together and play together and someone's going to win or lose. But you know what? Uh, you move on to the next one and, and, you know, maybe take it, maybe just look at it a little differently now yep. you know, than, than you used to. And But you're right, man. Everybody's out there together and sort of bringing back, bringing each other up again as we go through and we're, we're reminded, which we need to be, as you suggested, as we need to be. We're, we're reminded a year later of the devastation that took place. And hopefully through that reminder, we're constantly thinking of ways to keep our kids safer. Believe you me, you know, I'm, I am on top of it more Mm -hmm. than I ever used to be. Not just my kid, but someone else's kid. I'm always looking, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so it's good.
1: No, it is. It really is, and like I said, you're doing a fantastic job, and it's great to hear the stories of you know being able to to be a part of the you know the coaches coaching you know there of the little ones and everything, and that's that's what it's all about, and that's about having fun and like I said, bringing the community back together. Uh, Van, thank you so much for the time, man. I really do appreciate catching up and just you know seeing how the community is going along. Because again, when it's all said and done, man, that's what matters. It doesn't matter where you live. It's all about the community. We always got to take care of each other.
3: And remember this, guys, and I learned it firsthand. You know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these teams, a lot of organizations and I don't care if it's football, whatever it is, they they have their little statements and they say something and it's not always really the case. In this case, once a Raider, always a Raider. Dude, it is real. It is real. Nice. How I, many times do you have someone step in and give you a million dollars for your community? Right. It just, you know, it, it's pretty cool. And uh, so that that's a great thing. So go Raiders, man. Uh, they gotta, they're going to do something this year. I feel it. And, uh, and so there you go guys
1: thank you guys hey thanks van we appreciate you the greatness right there van mcelroy former raider safety it's a super bowl winner right there part of the soul patrol great dude he's joined the show i don't know how many times he's joined the show gives us plenty of his time and i know that's not easy to talk about the tragedy that happened a year ago in uvalde texas but again like i said it's necessary like don't it doesn't matter what tragedy happens in your life and i know everyone's not going to react the same way but Whatever you can share, whatever you could talk about is going to be a testimony and it's going to help somebody else. And you might not know who you're helping, but you're going to help somebody. Somebody took away from that conversation we just had with former Raider safety, Van McElroy, and someone came away with a different feeling and a different impression and maybe are going to do something in their community to help try to keep their kids safe. At the end of the day, our kids are all that matters. Many thanks to Van McElroy for the time that he gave us. 341 is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio. 920
0: Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q Left a good
1: job Down in the city Sing it now Working for the man every, every night and day. day Come on And I never lost one minute of sleep Uh-uh me neither I was worried about the way that things might have been What? we'll Keep on turning Keep turning Rock, Mary, keep on burning. Burning. And we're rolling. What? Rolling. Rolling, yeah. What? Rolling. Rolling on the river. i tell you right now, Tamon can't sing with a lick, I can't <laughs> sing with a lick, and Finn can't sing with a lick, but we can stand in the studio and we can ad-lib like a mother. <laughs> We can ad lib for real. For
0: everybody that's not in here, Q said that, and I wasn't going to argue. But Finn cocked his head to the side. Yeah. Of, Speak for yourself.
1: Right, right. Finn act like he was like karaoke king or something. Right, like he act like he was go oh, on turn the mic on. Come on, karaoke king, go on, man. Go on. I'm not
0: singing on here.
1: Oh, go, oh, but G- you can. That's what we're. I-, I mean, what you got?
0: Look, man, if I was on American Idol, maybe I'd make it all the way is to This is Raider Hollywood. Nation Radio
1: Idol. Idol it up there, You don't know who's
0: listening, Finn. This is your shot right Hey, here. look,
1: man. I'm guaranteed. There might be someone riding down the 215 that might be able to change your life right now. You got a
0: uh, listening in. You never <laughs> no. know, man.
1: You never know. The end of Back to the Future. You know that new sound you've been li- you've been looking for? You're guaranteed to miss the shot you don't take, brother. Let me that just tell true. you. But I'll tell you right now. Can't none of us sing worth a lick. Because if Finn could sing, he'd already done it. Mm-hmm. Right? We ain't, I ain't got to talk you into it. If you could do it, you're going to do it. But I'll tell you what. We could stand in the background and couldn't nobody see us. But, we, hey, we were on it. Boy, we looked like some great backup dancers. <laughs> we looked like some great backup dancers. I had the moves. It didn't matter if I was on beat or nothing because you couldn't see it anyway. But mm-hmm. I knew I felt good about myself. Boy, that's how we do it. Just hearing just a little bit. From Ike and Tina Turner right there. Obviously, Tina Turner passed away today at age 83. But just hearing a little bit, boy, man, that feels good. Many thanks to Van McElroy, who joined us in the last segment. If you missed it, you can always check out any interview that we do or any part of the show at LVSportsNetwork.com. It's always up in podcast form right after the show. We definitely uh, appreciate you for checking it out if you do. And like I said, if you missed that interview, you want to listen to that interview talking about Uvalde, Texas, one year later after the tragedy. And uh, shout-out to Mark Davis. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. we already knew when we talked, we talked to Van right after the tragedy happened last year. And he said that Mark Davis and the Raiders had, had written a a million dollar check to go ahead and try to help secure the schools there in Uvalde. And he said, we're going to get on it. And we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And one year later, as we talked to him, not only have they done it, but because an organization like the Raiders in Las Vegas, Nevada, on the West Coast, decides to go ahead and put their money where their mouth is and support their alumni and Van McElroy and what he needs to get done. That forced the Cowboys' hands. That forced HEB, which is the 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 big the big groceries chain out there. We used to always go there. Here, everything's better. That's what HEB stands for. Oh, okay. It took me a while <laughs> before I even learned that. I was living there. I was like, what the hell does HEB stand for? And I was like, here, everything's better. I was like, of course it is. It's Texas. Everything's better in Texas. So
0: (laughs) That's how you know I'm not for Texas? I see that, and I'm like, oh, Heb,
1: (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Believe me, I had that moment too, but I learned. I learned. (laughs) I learned pretty quickly. But, no, H-E-B steps up. Uh, You know, he mentioned the Oilers. He's talking about the Texans, but the Texans step up, and they're pitching in money. So when you see someone on the outside – pitching in to try to help your community, that that kind of forces the issue for you to say, hey, you know what, we better step up too. Yeah, because
0: Mark Davis, he's showing that he is a great guy, one of the greatest guys, and it is that pressure of, I'm not saying he's out there making you look bad, but Mark Davis is stepping up before you are, right. you got to think about what are you doing for your community.
1: Well, right, and I mean, the you know, the Cowboys and the Texans and HEB and everything else out there in that community is making money in that community. Mm-hmm. Mark Davis ain't making no money in Uvalde, Texas. Right. I mean, it's, that's not that's not the Raiders market. Right. I mean, uh, believe me, as a guy that was in Texas, the Cowboys run the market. Right. They run everything outside of Houston. It's Cowboys is everything except for this little city of Houston. And Houston's not little, but compared to the whole state of Texas, it's little. Right. I mean, they they the Cowboys run everything. And the Texans are the big, bad guys on the block in Houston and Houston only. The minute you get out the Houston city limit, it's like oh, back to the Cowboys. Right, I mean, it's so funny. I remember talking to John McClain one time, and I said, "Yeah, you know, we always talk to Cowboys here. We probably need to start talking a little bit more Texans." He's like, "Why? Nobody cares about the Texans in Houston except for Houston." <laughs> I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, all right. You know better than I do, right? I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just on the outside looking in." But no, he, uh, you know, he, he always told me that. So I was like, "Okay." So that's just kind of what it is. But I, I just thought that that was really cool that Mark Davis really got the ball rolling. And you know, when Van McElroy says at the end, like, "Hey," Uh, You know, once a Raider, always a Raider. And and Mark Davis put his money where his mouth was to help the community and help the kids. I don't care where it's at. I really don't. I just think that that is so important to try. You're never, ever, ever going to foolproof anything. Nothing's going to make sure and guarantee 100% that nothing bad can happen to your kid when you drop them off at school. But I guarantee you now, the parents that drop their kids off at school there in Uvalde, Texas, they feel a lot more comfortable than they did a year ago at this time. Right? They feel a lot more comfortable that, you know what, I believe – That my child's going to come home as opposed to I don't know if my child's going to come home. That's the biggest fear. A a parent should never have to fear that when they drop their kid off at school. But unfortunately, in the day and times that we live, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, it's something that you never think about until it affects you. Right. I know we're we're all like a degree away from something where, oh, you don't want to do that. But if I would have been here because it's Mm -hmm. just prevalent. Everywhere that you go, I'll tell a personal story. I go to Nashville, visit the family, and it's like, hey, guys, it's midnight. Let's go up to Waffle House. And my aunt's like, we're not going up to Waffle House. Remember that shooting that happened there? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, it can't be that one. And she's like, no, it was that one. Right. And you just never think about these things, but they always hit closer. Everyone can have a story where they can say, hey, maybe it wasn't me. I wasn't there. But it's so prevalent in our country that— it affects everybody.
1: I don't know how many times that I've been somewhere or I was somewhere a week before or something like that. And all of exactly. a sudden something happened and you're like, man, I was just there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I didn't see that coming. Well, it can. And, and unfortunately, again, and I'm not trying to strike fear into people. I'm not trying to tell people don't go out of their house or this, that, and the other. Like, I'm not doing that because you have to live. But it's it's there's times that are scary, right? I mean, it really is. And again... You know, uh, it it was it was and I can't remember the exact thing that she used to say, but my mom used to always stress to me about, you know, like going to school and and that she shouldn't worry about me when I'm at school, this and that and the other. And she's like, but I can't help myself. Like, I always worry about you. And I was like, ah, whatever. So my mom just Mm -hmm. she's my mom. She's emotional, this and that and the other. And then let me be a father. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, is my kid all right? You know, like when my son was on his recruiting trip. Uh, to you know, Western Oregon. The first thing I asked the coach is, "Well, how safe is the community?" He's like, "Oh, pops, hold on, hold on." And I was like, "Well, no, I just want to know. Like, you know, I've never been here. So, how how safe is it? Like, what's goes on here?" And uh, unfortunately, that's like the first question that you have to ask as a responsible person. You have to find out. Well, what's the community like? What's the ins and outs? Is this safe? Uh, can we do this? Can we do that? How's the school? You know, I mean, it's just. It's a lot of that, and and look, I watch the news every single morning. I wake up faithfully at 5.30 every single morning. The wife wakes up at 5.20. She gets on the exercise bike. I turn on the TV. She's exercising. I'm watching TV. I'm watching the news because I want to see what's happening. Unfortunately, we see more bad than good, and sometimes we see, you know, our local schools, our local community gets affected. And this, you know, I feel on Radio Nation Radio 920, we could talk about every community because every community listens. Mm-hmm. We have callers from Texas. We have callers from the Bay Area. We have callers from all over the places. So I feel very comfortable talking about Everyone, because everyone is affected.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the bigger point that I wanted to make. Don't think that, hey, this isn't about me. It affects everyone here in America. Route Mm -hmm. 91, Vegas is still recovering from that. I mean, Vegas strong. That's never going away. The Golden Knights, right? Jared just
1: walked in and was like, man, you should have brought up the Golden Knights. You want to talk about healing, sports and healing? The Golden Knights.
0: Exactly. So it affects all of us for everyone. If you think it doesn't affect you, please believe that it does. Man,
1: it's it's so crazy. When when October one happened here, I was still in Texas. Right. But my mom has lived in this community for a long time. Mm -hmm. She ain't out at no concert. I know this. I know this. Right. She's not out at no concert. She's not at uh, no venue. She's not out. She don't even come down to the strip unless I was like, Mom, I'm in town. Let's go. You know, that'd be the only time she would even think about going to the strip. But the first thing I did when I saw that that happened here in Vegas, I was like, "Mom, you okay? Mom, you-? like that." All of a sudden, like a panic kicked in, and I know damn well she wasn't there. But you just never know. Like, I was getting you know? those
0: calls because I'm like, "Why would I be there?" And it's like, "Well, you like country music, right? Don't you? Exactly." And I'm like, okay, I guess you do have reason to ask. Yeah,
1: exactly. See, and that I would, I would if the, if something heaven forbid were to happen like that now, you'd be someone I think about too, because I'd be like, "You know what, Demond could find himself just about anywhere." Like Demond, you're <laughs> you're one of those. I feel like you could blend in just about anywhere. You, you don't. Yeah. You don't it, have no. Preference. It was just like when
0: I got that. But it's like I didn't even think about it. It's like no, I wasn't. I'm not there. Like it's okay. Right. But it's like well, you listen to country music, don't? And it's like right. Well, you're right. I I see why you do have that reason to be concerned because it can happen anywhere.
1: You just never ever know. So you, and you cannot take it for granted and act like. You know, oh, everything's going to be fine. I promise you. And, you know, a lot of folks that listen to the radio station and listen to this show, uh, they know my wife. And if you ask her, she'll tell you every time she leaves the house. And whenever she leaves the house for work every single morning, the last thing I say to her, be safe. Anytime little Sarah leaves the house, last thing I say to her, be safe. Little Q is about to roll out and do something, be safe. And it gets so tired of hearing it. And they all roll their eyes because they're like, oh, gosh, the old man is talking about being safe. But you know what? I, I promise that if they remember one thing I ever say in life. I want them to remember to be safe because, man, that is so important, you just don't know. 3.55 is the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number three of the show. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. Talk about those aces. They got three games coming up. They got it Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Big-time games. We'll see what the ace is all about. Paloma will tell us about it next here on Red Nation Radio 920.